In this week's episode, we look at the hardest thing in the world to do. Bringing hope and healing. It's your source for personal growth, mental health, and interesting ideas. Thoughtful Mind with Svi. Here's your host, Svi Hilsenrath. And welcome back to Thoughtful Mind with Svi. I'm your host, Svi Hilsenrath. If I look at all the cases and all the people that I've worked with, all of my clients, and try and identify the one hardest thing in the world to do, it would be nearly 2,000 years ago, there lived a man named Epictetus. Technically, that was not his name. He was a Greek, but he was a Roman slave, and Epictetus translates to owned one or slave. We don't actually know what his name was. But he was so wise that he eventually earned his freedom and became one of the great Stoic philosopher is one of the great teachers of his day. And one of his students wrote down many of his lectures verbatim. This became what was known as Epictetus' Discourses, only half of which survive. And then a concentrated distilled version was written called the Encridian, which means handbook. And I mentioned the Encridian in the last episode as one of the books I've read more recently that I found very powerful. And one of the reasons it's so powerful is that the things that it talks about, the struggles that Epictetus discusses, are the same struggles that we face today. It's just the human condition. And I'm going to read now the entirety of chapter 8. Chapter 8 says, Don't hope that events will turn out the way you want. Welcome events in whichever way they happen. This is the path to peace. In other words, acceptance. Acceptance of the world, yourself, and others, is the key to happiness. You'll notice Epictetus does not say that you're not allowed to have wants. He just says, accept events in whichever way they happen. This is the path to peace. It's a simple chapter, and yet this seems to be the hardest thing to do. If we fast forward through time, this is not a lesson that is Epictetus' alone. Many, many wise people have spoken about this idea that the key to happiness lies in acceptance of things as they are, not as we wish they would be. A book I've mentioned before, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, the first third of it is the program that alcoholics and other people that follow 12-step program work, and the second two-thirds of the book are stories about people that have recovered or are in recovery. And there's one that is particularly well-written, and I encourage everyone to read, It's called Acceptance Was the Answer. In earlier editions, this was actually not the title of the story, but the message of acceptance being the answer to problems was so powerful they changed the only time they changed the title of the chapter to better reflect its message. I'm going to read from that chapter a little bit now. This is somebody who, over the course of the story, describes how he had been locked up in what we would now call rehab, but what he called a sanitarium, because his alcoholism had gotten so out of control that he was unable to function in the world. This was somebody that was running his own private practice as a doctor. And sometimes he would find himself in the parking lot of the hospital, one foot in his car and one foot out of his car, not knowing which was the lead foot, not knowing if he was coming or going, hanging up the phone, and not knowing what he told his patient to do. During the story, he describes how he had to use more and more alcohol and more and more drugs in order just to function within his life. 
and the great lengths and mental calculations he had to go through in order not to overdose on a regular basis. And eventually, this is a man who not only stopped drinking, but stopped using any kind of drug, stopped using any kind of pill to make himself feel better. And this is what he said. At last, acceptance proved to be the key to my drinking problem. After I had been around AA for seven months, tapering off alcohol and pills, not finding the program working very well, I was finally able to say, okay, God, it is true that I, of all people, strange as it may seem, and even though I didn't give my permission, really, really am an alcoholic of sorts. And it's all right with me. Now, what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink. And here is a very powerful paragraph. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life, unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing, happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world, as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Dr. Paul O., who wrote this chapter, spoke about there being a two-step process. Number one, accepting things as they are and not as I wish they would be. And number two, Within that framework, what can I do? Because acceptance is not giving up. Acceptance is not throwing up your hands saying, well, it is what it is. And what am I going to do about it? No, acceptance is accepting life as it is. And then working within the framework of what is not what we wish could be. One more. And this is from True and False by David Mamet. Another book I've mentioned in the past. He says, to act, and he's talking about acting, but it's really about life. To act means to perform an action, to do something. To believe means to hold a belief. What are our beliefs in life? What do you believe? Basic things, things beyond your control. What would it take to change one of those beliefs? To inculcate a new one. Beliefs are unreasoning. In life, our beliefs are so primordial, so basic. Most times we don't even know what they are. Let us leave belief alone. Let us deal with something which is susceptible to reason. Let us learn acceptance. This is one of the greatest tools an actor can have. The capacity to accept, to wish things to happen as they do. It is the root of all happiness in life and it is the root of wisdom for an actor. Acceptance. Because the capacity to accept derives from the will and the will is the source of character. Applying our intention to use only one meaning for words, character is the same on stage as off. It is habitual action. On stage or off, one may or may not believe that one's father has died when faced with the facts. One can strive to accept that fact, and that struggle is, of course, the struggle of Hamlet. One may not believe that one's wife has been unfaithful, but one may strive to accept it, and so we have Othello, or that one's protege has been duplicitous, and so we have American Buffalo. The habit of cheerful acceptance is an aid in the greater life in the theater too, because it introduces thoughtful consideration. The world is as it is, what can I do about it? But belief, on the other hand, induces self-deception. Example, I believe my teachers are bright. 
Producers are powerful, evil, good. My director hates me, loves me. The audience is good, bad, hot, cold. Perhaps no one in a situation demanding courage, that is, in a situation that has frightened him, can believe it. When the ramp comes down the landing craft on D-Day, when the baby is ready to be born, when the time comes to address the court or to plead with the spouse for a second chance or to ask the bank for an extension, when the time comes, in short, to act, it becomes apparent to these people, as it should to you, that no one cares what you believe. And if you've got a goal to accomplish, then you best set about it. To deny nothing, invent nothing, accept everything, and get on with it. And so when I talk to clients about acceptance, often they take acceptance as what? I should just give up? No. Acceptance does not mean liking it. It doesn't mean liking what's going on. Acceptance doesn't mean giving up on your wants or your hopes or your desires. Acceptance doesn't mean surrendering and throwing your hands up and giving up on life. It just means living life as it is, not as you wish it would be, and acting within that world. For example, as I'm recording this podcast, there's an ice cream truck driving up and down the block, and I keep having to stop and wait. And I can get frustrated, I can get angry, I can go outside and yell at the ice cream truck, or I can accept that noise happens, and I'm going to act within that acceptance. I don't like it. I don't like having to pause what I'm doing and take longer than I want to, but I'm not going to stop the ice cream truck. And so I accept and act within that. Part of acceptance means that we accept that I am one person. I'm one person with one person's perspective, one person's opinions, and other people and the world are not bound by my thoughts or my wishes or my desires. And so often they don't follow it. Acceptance means accepting what is and what is not within my control and acting within my control. One of the exercises I often do with my clients is to make a circle in the middle of the paper and everything that is outside of the control, everything that is outside of my client's control goes outside the circle and everything that's inside my client's control goes inside the circle and then act within the circle. Part of acceptance means letting go of results. That means that we work toward a certain end. And if that end doesn't happen because the world is a complicated place and many different factors go into the results, and most of those factors are outside of our control, if the end doesn't happen, that doesn't mean we have to be happy. It just means we need to accept that that was the result. It means accepting that there's a law of diminishing returns on effort. It is true that putting more effort into a project may get the result that we want, but is it worth the time and effort we put into it? Acceptance means choosing where to put my focus, accepting that I have a limited amount of time, effort, energy, creativity, all the things that make me me. And do I really want to pour that into things that are outside of my control, that are just going to make me angry because I'm giving of myself and getting nothing in return? Part of acceptance comes with true humility. Humility not being, I am a nothing, but this is what I am, no more and no less. Part of acceptance is realizing that we're probably lying to ourselves, as we've discussed in other podcasts. And we lie to ourselves because there's some factor of our life we do not want to accept. And by the way, to lie to ourselves is just to be human. All people lie to themselves. But in having the humility to accept that, we can come to a higher level of the gift of acceptance. 
We all want to be the protagonist in our story. But sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're the villain in our story. And it takes admitting that to ourselves, accepting that that might be happening, to actually take action to change it. Acceptance does not mean inaction. It just means that we stop fighting with the world and everyone. Except things are not how we want them to be some of the time. And when that happens, we don't need to have a high emotional reaction. No, it's not a light switch. Either no emotional reaction or anger or sadness or frustration or anxiety. It's like a light dimmer on a scale of 1 to 10. What's an appropriate response? And the beautiful thing about acceptance is that, like any muscle, the more we work at it, the easier it becomes. The more naturally it comes. This is especially effective when trying to combat angry feelings. So much of anger is the outward expression of the inner pain of the world not being how we want it to be, of a lack of acceptance. On a more practical level, how we go about that is by asking ourselves the question, is there a part of what's going on in my life that is frustrating me that I just need to accept that it is what it is? I don't have to like it. I don't have to be happy about it. I just have to stop fighting it. What is within or without my control? That circle of control exercise. Write it out. I often find it very helpful to do a back and forth. This is something out of my control, but in response to that thing, I can do this thing that is in my control. An outcome of the thing that is in my control might be this thing that is out of my control. And I can respond to that with something that is in my control and back and forth. Just planning it out. An excellent way to work on acceptance is to ask yourself, how am I lying to myself in this situation? And reminding yourself that you're not the only one in the world. All of this stuff is easier to talk about than it is to do in practice. But like I started off saying, this is the hardest thing to do, but it is also the most rewarding thing to do. Ultimately, the higher level of acceptance we can bring into our own lives, the happier we tend to be. That doesn't mean we're ineffective. That doesn't mean we can't work on great projects and change the world, or at least one small part of the world, even if that one small part of the world is ourselves. It just means that we won't be able to do any of that if we don't first live in the world as it is. That's all I've got for this week. I'm glad to be rolling on in the third season. Please, if you enjoy this podcast, share it with at least two other people. And until next time, go out, believe in yourself. Thank you.